hello, listeners. I am bringing you this special episode to talk about tips to help you survive remote work during the coronavirus pandemic and the COVID-19 issues we're experiencing. I'm going to give you eight strategies today, which apply to both business owners and remote team members. I'm very excited to share these with you. One of my major passions is business strategy, and I had such a great time working on this in my master's degree program. I studied at the University of Alabama in Huntsville, and I studied information systems. I love tech. I consider myself a woman in tech. And one of the really cool things that we learned in that program was the value of a disaster preparedness plan and having contingencies in place. The reason being is a lot of times businesses and team members find themselves in a situation where their data, however it is hosted, whether it be hosted in the Microsoft Cloud, whether it be hosted on a information system that's running on hard drives on site, maybe it's a custom information system that you've built, maybe it's SharePoint, maybe it's Salesforce, but at some point or another, you may need to upgrade. Maybe you're upgrading to a new software version, maybe you are switching to something that suits you better. Either way, at some point, there will come a time when you're ready to move to something new. And I heard this story about a real-life business in Alabama, our power company there, who actually was moving, migrating their system to a new system, had no contingency plan in place, had millions of dollars invested in switching systems, And in the middle of their migration, a tornado came through the city, took out power to the whole city for days. They lost everything and they had nothing to back up to. So a power outage, which could have been something that was very easily fixed quickly, turned into this much larger issue because the team was not ready. They didn't have everything in place that they needed. So long story short, I have eight strategies to talk to you about today. And these are very quick. They apply to businesses. They apply to employees. They apply to everyone who is looking for remote work or who is actually working remotely. And these are going to help you through the coronavirus pandemic that we're all dealing with. So the first thing that I want to cover with you is if you're not remote, Be the voice of remote flexibility. I know some of our listeners listen to VertForce because they're interested in taking their business to a remote team, or they're interested in leaving their on-site position for a remote role. So what I would like to encourage you to do is if you're in that situation, talk to your bosses, talk to your managers. If you are a decision maker, if you are a manager, or you're the business owner, bring this up. You need a remote, flexible business plan in place. For example, once a month, you should run a remote drill where you prepare your team members to work from home, give them the authority to work from home one day a month, and this is your drill. 
Should something happen where we're not all able to come to the office and congregate together, do we have a plan in place that's going to enable you to take your computer home, use your personal Wi-Fi, and do your job from a remote capacity? That's a big tip and also taking your model out of a brick and mortar and putting it into a distributed team, which can save you a ton of money and overhead each year. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is to always, always have your data backed up. Pretend you have a blog writer who writes for you every week. If that blog writer is not using an information system like SharePoint or OneDrive to back that data up, and say that blog writer drops her computer in a puddle of water and all of her data is on that computer and not in your drive, you've lost everything. So, you know, let's, let's translate this to coronavirus and COVID-19. Say your blog writer has been writing all of your blogs on her personal computer and saving them to her machine. And let's say she's got you scheduled out eight weeks in advance worth of content but she contracts coronavirus and is out of the office for six weeks. How in the heck are you going to get to those blogs? How in the heck do you retrieve your assets? So this is incredibly important for you to ensure that not just your blog writer, but everybody on your team has a designated space where they are uploading their work and where they're working from. For me and my team, all of my team creates all of their work, all of their documents on our drive. That's how it's done. We don't do anything on our personal machines. If we do, if we must, it's immediately uploaded to the drive. So that's going to support you in a case where you have to lose a team member, you know, where you're, you're manned down during this period. So remember, have your information backed up. The third tip that I want to encourage you to work on is to have a call tree. This can take about 15 minutes to make and it can literally save lives in some circumstances. This leans more to natural disasters, but I think it could also be relevant for corona and COVID-19. So a call tree is just a spreadsheet of everyone in your company, their cell phone number, and an emergency contact for them. But the most important thing about your call tree is that it's not only living on an information system, It's important that you have it printed, maybe laminated, and stuck to your desk. If you are a manager, a business owner, or if you're a team member, it's important for you to have this should you need to contact someone on the team, should you lose internet access. I'm not projecting bad thoughts, negative energy, or predicting craziness is going to get crazier, but have you noticed that some of our technology isn't functioning as well as it was last week. My theory is that because so many people are moving to remote, I'm experiencing a lag in my bandwidth. I'm also experiencing some decline in my cellular service, being able to make internet searches on my phone. So the concept here is for you to have a call tree in place. Should you not be able to email your team? Should we lose internet access altogether? This is for you to ensure that everyone's okay. And if someone is not okay, can we call their emergency contact? This becomes very relevant in situations of tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, right? When an earthquake strikes in a city where you have an employee, what do you do? 
So on that call tree, it's also very important for you to list where that person is living, their physical location. All right, so that's call tree. Just general best practice for you to have one of these printed out on your desk. Again, uh, we don't want that to be dependent on you being able to get on the internet and download it or for you to be able to open your computer and turn it on. If your computer's dead, that doesn't do you any good. All right, number four. This leans more toward Corona and COVID-19. So this is a travel list. You want to keep this within a 60-day window right now, and you could probably even do 30 days. But, But basically what you want is a spreadsheet that has the team member's name, their loved one or family member's name, any cities they've traveled to in the last 30 to 60 days, their time frame when they were there, the dates, and how much time they spent there. And you might even want to include why they were there. For example, I had to fill this out for my husband's squadron, which said, my husband stayed here, but in February, I went to Tampa for a conference and I was in contact with a lot of people. That's been over 30 days. I'm not experiencing any symptoms, so I'm probably fine. But what this tells his squadron leadership is whether or not that team member is going to be high risk for bringing in the virus, right? As a remote manager, as a remote team member, what it does for you is it tells you, okay, who is most at risk of being sick? All right, I can see Kayla spent time in Huntsville, Alabama last week, and they just recently had an outbreak there. Let's keep an eye on Kayla. Let's ask Kayla to keep us updated about her symptoms. If she starts to feel bad, feel sick, we want to immediately have someone lined up to step in and pick up her work. And we want to immediately give her the time off that she needs to go take care of herself and to go make sure that she has a full recovery. So it's twofold. It's supporting your business continuity and it's also supporting your team member. All right, because we don't want someone to start having a runny nose and having a fever and not tell us for two days or three days. So it's progressively getting worse and we have not prepared another team member to step in and support them. Then that team member who was getting sick is feeling worse and worse and worse. And then all of a sudden, boom, they drop off the map. They're gone without warning. But if you do something as simple as creating a travel list and pinpointing who might be at risk of getting sick, keeping track of anyone who's experiencing symptoms, you can mitigate that risk very early and you can help your team member make the right decisions to ensure they're getting medical care should they need it. Okay, number five, a list of people with kids at home. This is so helpful to parents. Because if I am a mother of a toddler who's normally in daycare but can't be in daycare because of coronavirus or COVID-19, that might mean that I don't get my full eight hours of work done, right? It may mean that I'm only able to work two to four hours a day. So what do you do as a colleague, as an employee, as a business owner? You recognize that with grace and appreciation that they're even willing to work during this period of trying to manage uh, a child at home and manage their workload. Express thanks and gratitude to them for continuing their position and then ask them how you can help support. 
Sometimes that's going to mean assigning someone to back them up. Sometimes that's going to mean communicating to their project owners, maybe clients, that there's going to be a delay in service. You don't necessarily have to say, well, Samantha now has her toddler at home with her for the next three weeks, so we're going to be late on your project. What you can communicate there is, hey, because of COVID-19 and quarantine, there's going to be a slight delay in this. We're working as expediently as possible. Thank you for understanding. What this does for the parents, too, is it makes them feel so supported, right? Because you're cueing your other team members who don't have small children at home and saying, hey, let's rally together to support these people who need a little bit of extra support right now. If we're going back to the Samantha example with a toddler at home, Samantha's hours are being cut from eight hours a day to four hours a day. Can you get on a call with her? Can you get in a Slack channel with her and see if she needs support in getting some of her work accomplished? Teamwork makes the dream work. Identifying who's going to be most at risk for service continuity and completing their projects is a very good idea. Also, I will add, keep an eye on those parents who are working for you that have children between the ages of newborn and five. Those are going to be the immune systems that are the most compromised. So we want to make sure that our employees and our team members are taking the time that they need to care for their families and get proper medical care and preventative measures in place while we're experiencing this pandemic. Okay, we'll put this in the show notes, but the next thing on the list is a dedicated communication plan. A dedicated communication plan is explaining to your team We are not going to be texting, emailing, slacking, using Teams from Microsoft. We are picking one channel. We are either going to email, we are going to do a group text, or we are going to Slack. A lot of companies experience communication sprawl, which can be totally detrimental during a time of crisis like what we're experiencing now. So I want to encourage you as an employee and as a business owner, be the voice of reason, be the leader, encourage everyone to pick one platform and say, this is where we're going to communicate. Moreover, set some ground rules, especially if you're not always working remote or you're sort of a telework flexible position, say we're going to check in every morning at this time. We're all going to hop on a call or we're all going to tackle this chat together to see how we can delegate what needs to be done for the remainder of the day. And then say every day when you're finished with your work, check out via this Slack channel. Tell us that you're leaving. Tell us when you'll be back. And keep an eye on that. If someone doesn't come back, there may be something wrong. You may have to reference that call tree that we talked about earlier in this episode to identify if they need support or if they need help. And finally, the last thing I want to chat with you about is a notice to your clients. You may want to be upfront with your clients about how the coronavirus and the quarantines are impacting you and your staff. You may not want to be very transparent with how specifically you're adjusting to it. But what I do want to encourage you to do is just consider adding a disclaimer to your emails 
or having your staff add a disclaimer to their emails and to all of their phone conversations, which just says you might experience some background noise because of the quarantine. You might experience a little bit of delay in service. We might experience internet issues because of the chain reaction of quarantine that is sort of sweeping the nation and sweeping all of these uh, different teams. All right, I hope you have enjoyed this episode. These are my tips for helping you adjust and be agile with adapting to the coronavirus and COVID-19 and all the implications that it may mean for your business and for your staff. 